Hey friends, this is Dixon Cavanaugh, and welcome to another episode of Out Loud with Dixon, where we will explore wisdom, get creative, and better appreciate this fun, chaotic, and beautiful world that we live in. Today, we are listening in on the world-famous The Alchemist, or in the native Portuguese, O Alquimista, and in modern Japanese, Orkimisuto. <laughs> now, O Alquimista was written by Paulo Coelho, in 1988 and released in Brazil with a rather uneventful release. In other words, it flopped. But our friend Paolo didn't give up. He believed in his dream and fought to work with another publishing house, at which point it became a massive success in 1993, nearly five years later. Which is a fitting origin story, because as you'll hear, The Alchemist follows a young boy, a shepherd, who has left home and discovers in a dream that he must go to the Egyptian pyramids in search of his treasure. Because it's his personal legend. So, what can you expect to hear today? Not to give anything away, but lay some groundwork, because we do hop around passages a little bit. The first is that our shepherd boy, Santiago, is going to encounter a king. And the king is going to give him some kingly advice. Some of that advice is about discovering our personal legends, and also about meeting the wisest man in the world. Lastly, Santiago is going to meet someone who he hopes can be his guide to the pyramids, but as we will all soon find out, Santiago's new acquaintance has other plans in mind. And in doing the reading for this episode, it struck me how similar this story is to another story I had just been learning about and how the key themes are worth taking a closer look at. This other story is the story of Charlie Rocket, a real man alive and well today. Mr. Rocket's story is the one of transformation and redemption. Late into his 20s, he had amassed a huge amount of financial success. As the production manager for hip-hop artists like 2 Chains. he had also ballooned to over 300 pounds, and been diagnosed with a brain tumor. In a dramatic change of events, he left the music industry, left social media, revamped his entire diet and lifestyle, and now runs marathons in an effort to raise money for charities and financially back people's dreams. And all the while, Charlie Rocket emphasizes two points. One, that it's easy. And two, that God's got me. Why these are relevant to today's episode will become clear once we get into the passage. And I just wanted to stress how valuable it is to be able to repeat to ourselves, like the young boy in The Alchemist or Charlie Rocket, that when we pursue our dreams, it's easy and God's got me. And with that, gather around the campfire, listen close, and join me as we journey into The Alchemist. An old man sat down at his side and tried to strike up a conversation. What are they doing? The old man asked, pointing at the people in the plaza. Working, the boy answered dryly, making it look as if he wanted to concentrate on his reading. Meanwhile, the old man persisted in his attempt to strike up a conversation. He said that he was tired and thirsty and asked if he might have a sip of the boy's wine. The boy offered his bottle, 
hoping that the old man would leave him alone. But the old man wanted to talk, and he asked the boy what book he was reading. Hmm, said the old man, looking at all sides of the book, as if it were some strange object. This is an important book, but it's really irritating. It's a book that says the same thing almost all the other books in the world say, continued the old man. It describes people's inability to choose their own personal legends, and it ends up saying that everyone believes the world's greatest lie. What's the world's greatest lie? The boy asked, completely surprised. It's this, that at a certain point in our lives, we lose control of what's happening to us, and our lives become controlled by fate. That's the world's greatest lie. That's never happened to me, the boy said. They wanted me to be a priest, (laughs) but I decided to become a shepherd. Much better, said the old man, because you really like to travel. Where are you from? The boy asked. I'm the king of Salem, the old man had said. Why would a king be talking with a shepherd? The boy asked, awed and embarrassed. For several reasons, but let's say the most important is that you have succeeded in discovering your personal legend. The boy didn't know what a person's personal legend was. It's what you have always wanted to accomplish. Everyone, when they are young, knows what their personal legend is. At that point in their lives, everything is clear and everything is possible. They're not afraid to dream and to yearn for everything they would like to see happen to them in their lives. But as time passes, a mysterious force begins to convince them that it will be impossible for them to realize their personal legend. It's a force that appears to be negative, but actually shows you how to realize your personal legend. It prepares your spirit and your will, because there is one great truth on this planet. Whoever you are, or whatever it is that you do, when you really want something, it's because that desire originated in the soul of the universe. It's your mission on earth. Even when all you want to do is travel or marry the daughter of a textile merchant? Yes, or even search for treasure. The soul of the world is nourished by people's happiness and also by unhappiness, envy, and jealousy. To realize one's personal legend is a person's only real obligation. All things are one. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. End quote. Quote, Don't forget that everything you deal with is only one thing and nothing else. And don't forget the language of omens. And, above all, don't forget to follow your personal legend through to its conclusion. But before I go, I want to tell you a little story. A certain shopkeeper sent his son to learn about the secret of happiness from the wisest man in the world. The lad wandered through the desert for 40 days and finally came upon a beautiful castle, high atop a mountain. It was there that the wise man lived. Rather than finding a saintly man, though, our hero, on entering the main room of the castle, saw a hive of activity. Tradesmen came and went. People were conversing in the corners. A small orchestra was playing soft music, and there was a table covered with platters of the most delicious food. The wise man conversed with everyone, 
and the boy had to wait for two hours before it was his turn to be given the man's attention. The wise man listened attentively to the boy's explanation of why he had come, but told him that he didn't have time just then to explain the secret of happiness. He suggested that the boy look around the palace and return in two hours. Meanwhile, I want to ask you to do something, said the wise man, handing the boy a teaspoon that held two drops of oil. As you wander around, carry this spoon with you without allowing the oil to spill. The boy began climbing and descending the many stairways of the palace, keeping his eyes fixed on the spoon. After two hours, he returned to the room where the wise man was. Well, asked the wise man, did you see the Persian tapestries? Did you see the garden that it took the master gardener 10 years to create? Did you notice the beautiful parchments in my library? The boy was embarrassed and confessed that he had observed nothing. His only concern had been not to spill the oil. Then go back and observe the marvels of my world, said the wise man. You cannot trust a man if you don't know his house. Relieved, the boy picked up the spoon and returned to his exploration of the palace, this time observing all of the works of art on the ceilings and the walls. He saw the gardens, the mountains all around him, the beauty of the flowers, and the taste with which everything had been selected. Upon returning to the wise man, he related in detail everything he had seen. But where are the drops of oil I entrusted to you? Asked the wise man. Looking down at the spoon he held, the boy saw that the oil was gone. Well, there is only one piece of advice I can give you, said the wisest of wise men. The secret of happiness is to see all the marvels of the world and never to forget the drops of oil on the spoon. End quote. Quote, The boy told him that he needed to get to the pyramids. I'd like you to take me there if you can. I can pay you to serve as my guide. Do you have any idea of how to get there? The newcomer asked. You have to cross the entire Sahara Desert, said the young man, and to do that, you need money. I need to know whether you have enough. The boy thought it a strange question, but he trusted in the old man who had said that when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. He took his money from his pouch and showed it to the young man. The owner of the bar came over and looked as well. The two men exchanged some words in Arabic, and the bar owner seemed irritated. Let's get out of here, said the new arrival. He wants us to leave. The boy trusted his new friend. He had helped him out in a dangerous situation. He took out his money and counted it. We could get to the pyramids by tomorrow, said the other, taking the money. But I have to buy two camels. They walked through the narrow streets of Tangier. Everywhere there were stalls with items for sale. They reached the center of a large plaza where the market was held. But the boy never took his eye off his new friend. After all, he had all of his money. He thought about asking him to give it back, but decided that would be unfriendly. He knew nothing about the customs of the strange land he was in. I'll just watch him, he said to himself. Suddenly, in the midst of all that confusion, he saw the most beautiful sword he had ever seen. The scabbard was embossed in silver, and the handle was black and encrusted with precious stones. 
The boy promised himself that when he returned from Egypt, he would buy that sword. Then he realized that he had been distracted for a few moments looking at the sword. His heart squeezed as if his chest had suddenly compressed. He was afraid to look around because he knew what he would find. He continued to look at the beautiful sword for a bit longer until he summoned the courage to turn around. There was a moment of silence so profound that it seemed the city was asleep. No sound from the bazaars. No arguments among the merchants. No men climbing to the towers to chant. No hope. No adventure. No old kings or personal legends. No treasure and no pyramids. It was as if the world had fallen silent because the boy's soul had. He sat there, staring blankly, wishing that he had died and that everything would end forever at that moment. End quote. All right, and we are back. And I know what you're thinking, so don't freak out. What, I'm going to end the reading there? Right when his world's falling apart? You can't do me like that. And I know, it's tough, but it's in those moments, just like the one Santiago currently finds himself, that we have to remember what we talked about earlier, that it's easy and God's got me. In the same way the universe will conspire to help us, it will also test our resolve to see if we really want what we say we want. It's when the going gets tough that we have to go over to our well grab the pulley, and wheel that bucket up to the surface. Meaning, when shit gets hard, are you just going to roll over and give up? Or are you going to dig deep and use the tools available to you? The Alchemist is one of my favorite books, and I've mentioned it on multiple episodes on the show. And if there's one thing I can leave you with today, it's this. It's easy, and God's got you. And above all else, Remember, live with presence, confidence, and love.